0: Christie's normally gets this taken care of where we can get brother Rodney he's on the road and then I'm I'm behind on loading anything on Spotify but I will get that done uh I'm trying to remember to stay close to the iPad where it records better uh where it's more yeah just set that right there we'll have a backup plan um uh, thank you all for being here tonight uh I, I was studying for I didn't know what I studied for a message come across and and uh, it, it really hit home uh and I was trying to get some notes together and then somehow run across this uh, about revenge. You know, we, we live in a world today where people really hold grudges. Uh, it's sad to say, but there's a lot of truth behind that. You know, grudges are, are things that motivate people. I mean, you stop thinking about this, how many times somebody's done you wrong and you're bound to determine that you're going to get them back. And there's so much in our lives that we're trapped by and that we lose our joy, lose hope, we lose, lose opportunity to witness for the Lord when we're caught in this. And that, you know, the reason I titled this message, When, Vengeance, or when Revenge is Mine, uh, so many of us get trapped in this and it's an easy snare that the devil sets for us. Uh, Satan sets, sets these things to where we'll stumble, we'll fall, we'll be caught up in this, this web of of just, you know, I'm going to get back. I'm, we're going to be on equal grounds. We're going to be even. again. Uh, and this is something I want us to look at as individuals, to where we could learn to get past that point of our life to where we've got to get back at somebody. When somebody does you wrong, uh, we need to learn to be able to give grace. We need to be able to give grace instead of being able to get equal, even with people like that. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Lord, we thank you for every person that's here tonight. Lord, every family that's represented. Pray, Heavenly Father, that you would just draw this crowd each uh, closer and closer to you. Lord, that we would become more like your Son, Jesus Christ, in every aspect of our life. Lord, uh, that, uh, the, that more flesh is, is each and every day that it dies. Uh, and that we would become more spiritual in everything we do. Lord, to give us that mind. Lord, that we're able to control the members of our body. Lord, to control the tongue. Lord and just help us, help us, Lord, that we may be able to shed your love and your light on this, to this lost and dying world. It's in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. But uh, what I want us to talk to you tonight about in Deuteronomy 32, chapter number 35, and it's a very interesting read if you'll read this. Uh, if if you will go back and read starting in verse number one, you know God is, is, and he talks about the whole chapter is talking about how his love for his people was. And then how his people drifted away from him, how they served false idols and false gods. And if you look today, this is a prime picture of Christianity. This is a prime example of, of, of a person coming into the, the saving grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ our Lord. And then all of a sudden, here it is that we've got some distraction in this world that pulls us away. And the more worldly that we are and we continue to be, uh, then, then the more that the flesh will rule our lives and rule our train of thoughts and rule our patterns. Uh, but, you know, it got down here at the bottom, and, and God says that uh, in verse number 34, if you read it, God says, this ain't something that I'm forgetting. This, this, is, this, this is being stored up in my treasure house. And in verse number 35, it says, I will take revenge, I will pay them back in due time their feet will slip now this is something that god is wanting you to understand and wanting you to know that not only will he repay those that do him wrong he also gives us the promise of those that are his he shall keep he shall protect but we've got to let Him do His job. Right here He's said that I will pay them back in due time their feet will slip. Their day of disaster will arrive and their uh, destiny will overtake them. Y'all think about those words right there. When, 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 when God said this and He was giving this to the prophet to, to, to write down there in Deuteronomy, He was trying to instruct people that look, your actions, your actions, there's, a, there's going to be a reaction. Everything you do Everything that's said, every thought that's thought, God says forever. Action—I I will have a reaction to this right here. But God is trying to teach us, and He's trying to—he's trying to get a people there to understand that—that that, you know. You can't mock God. You can't go against what God says and expect your life to be prosperous and and, and for God to bless that and and, and to take that. But when we take this verse, and and a lot of people like to, to take that one verse and to quote it, and it's very true. That if if we give way to the devil, then we're going to get vengeance. We're going to seek vengeance and we'll seek revenge on that person. But if we'll give God his, His pleasure, if we'll give God His pleasure is obedience. Can I get an amen? God prefers obedience over sacrifice any day. God, God would would much rather a, a, a people or a person or a nation or, or into every, any way you want to break it down of, of, of what God is talking to in which section of the Bible where it's an individual person or a whole nation. God says that he, he, he loves obedience. He loves. He don't want to have to go back uh, the, the, the permission. Asking permission is a lot better than asking for forgiveness is what God's trying to say. But He says when people do you wrong and they despitefully use you and, and when they mistreat you, He says if you'll lay that up to me if you'll give that to me he says i'll take care you know why because sometimes you may be getting the wrath of a person that you don't know what the circumstance behind that person's wrath is they could be a a a loved one that's been diagnosed with a terminal ill disease and their world just fell apart and they're not they're they're not able to to, to act in a normal mindset normally and, 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 and this is very true you know have you ever been around somebody and, and them just acted out of character I mean, for them, just to, you've known that person, you've, you've known them, and you've seen them in stressful situations, but you've never seen them act particularly the way they did that particular day. Sometimes we act out of character. It's not, you know, something that's not normal to us. God's saying, hey, let me handle the punishment, let me handle the repayment, let me handle these things. But you need to be willing to be able to take it and to be able to, to uh, live with whatever anybody does to you. You are to be able to, to live with that. You are to be able to forgive them. Just like the Bible says, how can we expect the Heavenly Father to forgive us if we're not willing to forgive those that, that do us wrong? This is what I, the, the whole thing I want you to look at here today. God's saying that He is storing up every action and that He will repay them in due time. If you let people have enough rope What's the old saying go? They'll hang their self. self. And a lot of times, you can, You and I'm not, this is not, you know, and and I don't mean for it to sound this way, but a lot of times, if you'll just repay evil with good, God takes care of everything else. We as Christians need to learn that. What is the world looking at us for? Testimony. The world is looking to us to be those that they can say, I, I, you know, I want their kind of faith. I want what they believe in. I want that assurance. I want that calmness. I want that that that, that just no matter unwavering, just composure about themselves that when something strikes, they're able to <coughs> absorb that strike and they're able to stand and not to waver, not to be worldly-like. And y'all, that's the hardest thing that we as Christians deal with is to our emotions. We've got to learn to kind of numb our emotions in life I mean you know these are the things that we need to learn how to do Uh, life isn't always fair is that true and people aren't always nice that's something that you need to write down and realize and go back and read that, that nowhere in the bible does God say life will be fair and he did not tell us that we're going to deal with people that nice people but he says, you need to learn how to respond, not react. 1 Samuel 24, we're going to start there tonight. Uh, and, and here it is. Samuel is, 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 is recording this. Uh, king David has done been anointed king, and he is on the run. Saul is trying his best to kill David. And here, verse number 1, chapter 24, it says, After Samuel returned from fighting the Philistines, he was told that David had gone to the wilderness in Gedi. Uh, so Saul chose 3,000 elite troops to follow uh, from Israel, and they went to search for David as, uh, and his men near the rock of the wild goat. It says, At this place there was a road past uh, passes the sheepfolds. Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. Here it is. Uh, they're on a, a, a massive manhunt for David and his band of, of, of of renegades that's with him. David's elite battlers that that's there to protect him and to keep him and, and, and to make sure that King David is protected. Here they are hid up in a cave. They're back off in the very back part of the cave. And here is King Saul. The Lord's favor's done been removed off of him. But he goes into a cave there to use the restroom and, and, and to relieve himself. And if you look at this, it says that at this uh, at this place where the road passed some of the sheepfolds, uh, it says, Saul went into the cave to relieve himself. But as it happened, David and his men were hiding further back in the cave. Uh, it says, and, and here it says, now now's here, now your opportunity. David's men whispered to him. How many times have we got a little voice sitting on our shoulder that's telling us, now's your opportunity to get even with somebody. Now's your opportunity to to repay them for what they did to you. Now, you're, now here is your opportunity. Here is the flesh, y'all. Here's a representation of how the flesh is, 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 is talking to David. Uh, these carnal men that are, are a band of warriors, they're elite soldiers. It's with David. Man, these guys are saying, here is a prime opportunity for you to get rid of what's been chasing you. This thing that's been trying to kill you, take you down, to wipe you out, to make you non-existent. Here's a prime opportunity David here God has delivered him into your hands you can end it right here and right now how many times in life do we have that happen to ourselves where well, we're standing in a situation and a person that has wronged us is in the prime opportunity we got two choices here we can lift that person up we can help that person we, we, we can help get that person out of the mess that they've woven a web that they're so tangled up in or we've got the opportunity to let that person just, hey, you've done this to yourself, you own your own. How many times in life do we feel that way? But right here, y'all, this is so important that we understand that vengeance is not ours. Vengeance is not something that God give us the liberty to be able to impose on the people. Uh, I'm trying to remember, how many of y'all saw, saw the movie The Shack? Y'all remember when that, 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 that the, the, the dad of that little girl that was missing... And, and the, the Holy Spirit brought him in there and set him up in that cave and was saying, hey, here's "Hi, this, here's this person that murdered your daughter. What do you think needs to happen to her? Based off of the evidence that that, that that the dad had saw that that man killed his daughter, he said he deserves to die. But then she rewound the picture and showed how that man was abused and how he was treated and how that the... know, the, 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 I'm not making any... Shit, hey, eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You need to go back and read that in Con. But you understand here, we don't know the whole picture. So many times in life, we don't know the whole picture, so we're not, we're not able to judge fairly. People, somebody comes to me, and they tell me their side of the story, and that person that they're telling me about is, is, is you know, uh, if, I, if I believe everything that that person says, then, I, then I'm in agreement with them, and that person over here is, is just a filthy dog. But when that person over here comes to me and tells me their side of the story, well, I I can see the point. And then this person, I can't judge based off of their, I can't make a decision off of the two truths that I've been told. I'm not a judge, and I'm not a jury. It's for the Lord to decide these matters, y'all. There's so many times in life if we just let God have His way in our life and us be a Christian. What is a Christian? A person that goes around spreading the love of God, telling people that God will forgive them and that we've got to be a people that are willing to forgive people. We have the opportunity to to be able to keep from from killing somebody, not not, not physically, but spiritually, damning them and, and telling them we've got the ability to tell them that God will bring them back from wherever they're at right now God will bring them back here David is and his men saying hey here's your opportunity he said that today the Lord is uh, telling today the Lord is telling you I have uh, certainly put the enemy uh, into your power to do with him what you wish so David crept up and he cut a piece of Saul's robe off you think about this right here here's the king Saul oblivious to anything going on around him he's in the cave taking care of business and, his, and the person that he's trying to kill. I'm not going to say his enemy. King David was never Saul's enemy. Do you understand that? David loved and worshipped Saul. He had utmost respect for Saul. And he said, Saul is the king of Israel. I will not step in. I will not. It will be God's time and when Saul is dethroned. So many times in life, we're trying to climb higher and higher and higher. We're trying to set ourselves up instead of instead of letting the Lord take us to where He'd have us to go. Matthew chapter five verse eleven and twelve. You write this down. It said, "God blesses you when uh, God bless you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you uh, because that you are my followers." Think about this right here. Jesus is telling in the Mount uh, all of the discord there when He's giving them, He's saying, "Blessed are you when people do this to you." So here's if you rewind, here's David. And Saul's trying to do everything that Matthew, in the book of Matthew records what Jesus tells us that, 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 that when people are trying to hurt you and harm you and, 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 and to do bad unto you because you're following God. Y'all, David followed God just about his whole life. One or two times in life, David stumbled. The flesh took over. But the majority of his life, he was a man after God's own heart. Everything he done, he done out of God's favor and God's blessing and God's anointing on his life. He was a true man that followed God. Jesus is telling us that we ought to, 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 to realize that when people are doing these things to us, it's in verse 12, it says, Be happy about it. Uh, be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. Y'all think about this. Most of us are tangled in this life. Our next paycheck is our reward. And I don't care what nobody says. We get up every morning, we go to work to provide a living for our family. But the things that our life are entangled with and, and revolve around is how much money we make. Do we have enough money to pay the bills this month? Do we have enough money to go on vacation? Do we have enough money to buy this? Money controls our lives. And, and I, ain't nobody going to amen me or owe me me. Uh, but I mean, everybody's got to agree with me. But right here, Jesus is saying, look, don't get tangled up in the world. Think about what's awaiting you in heaven. For every right choice you make, there is a treasure stored up for you in heaven. For every right decision that you make, God is saying that I am... Uh, Hey, when you get up here, you're going to have a reward that eyes and, and minds have never been able to comprehend and understand. It says, be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, uh, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Y'all, there is nothing happening today that ain't been going on since the creation of time. Nobody is mistreating you or using you or doing anything to you that ain't already been done to somebody else. And you've got prime examples of how you can see how godly people follow godly instruction and they overcome and they were blessed and anointed and favored above everything else. Even when they were knocked down and everything taken away, you look at Job. Look at the life that Job endured and the things that happened to him. But by him being faithful to God and him understanding, there's a higher purpose up here. It's not about me. It's about God. You see what come back to Job in his life. Everything that happened to Job was wiped away and he lost everything but God restored unto him double for his trouble. You think about these things right here. God can do more than man will ever be able to do. Second, Timothy 4, 9 says, Timothy, please come to me as soon as you can. Demas has uh, deserted me and is uh, for the love of the things of this life and has gone back to Thessalonica. Uh, it says, Sarissa has gone back to Galatia and Titus has gone back to uh, Dalmatia. It says, Only Luke is here with me. Bring Mark with you, uh, when you come. For uh, he will be helpful to me in my ministry. I sent uh, Thighs to a fear, uh, Ephesus. It says, when you come, be sure to bring my coat that I left at uh, Capris uh, of Taurus. Also bring my books, especially my papers. Alexander the coppersmith. Understand this right here. Paul's warning him. This particular man here, Alexander the coppersmith, de- uh, did much harm. What's the next thing to say? But the Lord will judge him for what he has done. Think about this right here. Paul didn't say, hey, we're getting a band of raiders together, and as soon as y'all get here, boy, we're going down to the jewelry shop, we're fixing to wreak havoc on, 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 on Alexander here. It says, hey, the Lord will deal with him according to his works. These are the things, but he also said, hey, be careful of him. Now, there's people we need to be careful of. And we need to watch out for because they're notorious about mistreating people, doing people wrong, taking advantage of people. We need to be, don't, don't, don't bear false witness against people, but be di- diligent in, in, in letting your brothers and sisters know, hey, those folks that, that hit Rock and Run Church, that hit uh, uh, the Methodist Church out in the other side of the 2 Chapel, come to faith, come to liberty. They, they was hopping from church to church to church taking money from them. Well, Guy from Liberty and the guy from Rock Run and then the guy from Faith I had three people call me and say, Y'all watch out. You got these people that's coming by and giving this sob story and they're, taking the ch- they're, they're trying their best to get money out of churches. They're, they're playing on. Hey, y'all, we need to be diligent in telling one another about, you need to watch out. For, we need to warn people about this kind of stuff. But we don't need to take vengeance into our own hands. It says we uh, we live by this thought: get mad, get even. I'm happy. I mean, you think about that. Most of us, this is our motto. You make me mad, I'm gonna get even, and I'm gonna be happy. But how much happiness do you really have when you do that to somebody? It only lasts for a season, right? Then remorse sets in, regret sets in. There's so many things in our life that we do. It's like, why did I act like that? Why did I say that? Why did that have to go that way? Y'all, if, we're, if we put a plan in place now of how we're going to address issues that come up in the church, when these issues arise, will we be taken by surprise? We'll already have a, a, a pattern of how this is going to transpire. If this person acts up, acts crazy, this is how we're going to address this issues, Y'all, this is how you won't get caught off guard. Somebody going to make you mad tomorrow. How are you going to react? The way you always do? That's the point I'm trying to make right here. We've got to change the way we react. It says, but when, uh, when we're little, little. But we want everyone to treat us, get mad and give me grace. If I make you mad, hey, be patient with me, right? If I do something wrong, if I, my, my, and it's going on Spotify, but if I get mad, I beg my wife, forgive me. Please don't get mad at me. How many times do I want to get mad at somebody else that's done something wrong to me and I will not stay mad at them for a year? Two, three, four, ten, twenty. Why are we so quick to expect forgiveness and grace but we're not willing to extend that kind of love? What does the Bible teach us as Christians that we're supposed to do? To forgive our brother. To forgive our brother. Then Peter came to him, Matthew 18, 21. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall I forgive how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Sometimes. And, you know, I figure Paul probably thought he was going above and beyond when he said seven times. If you look at verse 22, Jesus said, to him, I don't say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. And what's, what's that, 490? Well, some of them's on 489, and we're just waiting for that at times so we can get eaten. I don't think that's what Jesus meant when he said that. I think Jesus was giving us that mindset is that we're to forgive and to forgive and to forgive. Because how many times has God forgiven us for the things that we do wrong? Verse 23 through 27. We're going to read a good bit here. I got 27 on here twice, but it ain't the same. It says, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And it says, "And when he had began uh, to uh, settle accounts, one of, one was brought to him that owed him ten thousand talents. It says, "But he, it says, "But as he was uh, not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold his wife and his children, and all that he had for payment to be made. The servant, therefore, fell down before him, saying, "Master, have patience with me, I will pay you." All I will pay you all then the master uh, of the servant was moved with compassion uh, on him released him forgave him the debt y'all think about this picture perfect story right here it is a guy owed a debt he could not pay I can't remember what the math is when you do 10,000 talents in today's economy what it would equal up to but it was a debt that was unpayable how many of us was trapped in a debt that was unpayable amen I mean, we was in a sin debt that we could not work ourselves out of. We couldn't do enough good works, but there was a king of kings that forgave us these things. But I want you to understand this right here for just a second. When that man that had that unforgivable debt was forgiven and set free, it says, verse 28, but the servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a 100 denarii. Think about this. He went and found somebody that owed him something. Now you jump back to the verses before this. Here he is, judgment's passed. The debt's been forgiven. Here he is going out, passing judgment on people. Y'all, we're bad about passing judgment on people. Amen. Come on, preacher. Mm. We are so quick to pass judgment on somebody. Oh, so and so. Oh, man, they ain't, ain't no way. But how sorry, how bad, how defiled was we when God pulled us up out of that barn pit? It says, he went out and he laid hands on him. It says, and he took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servants fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me. I will pay you all. It says, and he would not. But when he, uh, he went and he threw him into prison until he should pay his debt. Y'all, this is a life that we live by. And it's sad to say each and every one of us is guilty at this at times that we forget how much God forgave us. We forget the debt that we were in that God forgave us. But yet, everybody in here got somebody on their mind right now that, owe, that, 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 that owed us, not, not physical money. But we've got something in our heart against somebody right now that we still haven't forgiven them for. But yet God's wiped your slate clean. When, 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 when this guy that had been forgiven uh, immeasurable debt was asked to forgive a little debt he wouldn't do it it says so his fellow servants saw what he had been done uh they were very grieved and they came and told their master uh that had been done uh then his master after he had called him said to him you wicked servant i forgave you all the debt because you begged me Should you have not uh, had uh, compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him into torment until he should pay all that is due him. Y'all, I think there's a lot of people that will never reach salvation because of the debt that they have accounts of people that have done them wrong. How can I, and and if I'm wrong, somebody tell me, but does Jesus say, How do you expect me to forgive you if you can't forgive your brother? How do you expect me to wipe your sin dead out if you've got aught against your brother? So, how can a person truly be saved when they're not willing to forgive people that's done them wrong? That's the question that, that, that I'm posing to you tonight. How can you be forgiven? When you're not willing to forgive. So my heavenly father will also do to you. And do to you. If each of you from his heart. Does not forgive his brother. And his trespasses. Matthew 18.35. Jesus is telling him. says look. In your heart. If you hold that grudge. If you hold on to these things. How do you expect your heavenly father. To forgive you this. If you're not willing to forgive them. Jumping back to 1 Samuel 24, verse 5, this is how we should be. Now after this happened, David's heart troubled him because he cut off Saul's robe and he said to the men, The Lord forbid that I should do these things to my master. The Lord's anointed to, uh, to stretch out my hand against him, seeing that he is the anointed Lord. And so David restrained his servants with these words and did not allow them to rise against Saul to get from the cave uh, and went away. I want you to understand this right here. How many of us could keep somebody from being attacked if we would step in the way? Somebody's done you wrong. Now listen to me. If somebody's done you wrong and you have reason, David had all the reason in the world to kill Saul right here except the main reason that he was God's anointed king for Israel. So many of us, God loves that Sorry, no good low life over there as much as he loves you. As much as he loves me. That, that life is as important to God as your life is important to God. But how many of us could stand up and be a shield for some of these people instead of being a weapon formed against these people? Y'all, this is the way the Christian life needs to be worked out and walked out is that we should not want to rise against our brother that when our when our brother or our sister whenever who when or who ever does you wrong don't look at it through hurt eyes look at it through help. i know they're doing me wrong but why what what's what's wrong with that person how can i help that person how can i pray for that person what can i do to be that that stepping stone instead of a stumbling block so many times in life god God's let you be in a situation. God's let somebody take advantage of you to see how you're going to react. Why? Because He wants to see what's your testimony. Am I using the things that Paul says counted all blessings, all joy, when you fall into these diverse, diverse temptations, the different things that come about? You think about these things right. Tonight, when you pray, if there's something in your heart tonight, if like there's something standing between you and, and, and a coworker, a spouse, a parent, a child, whatever's standing between you and them has got to get cleared up or you're stuck right there for the rest of you. You're never going to advance because you're stuck right there. And God's saying, if you would just forgive them, I have so much in store for you. You think about this. That, that one that had the million or the, the, the thousands and thousands of talents that he owed that master. we going to be like that. We're going to get forgive a multitude of debt, and we're going to hold this uh, payable debt back that somebody could. I mean, yeah, they owe you They're sorry. If you've wronged somebody, what are you supposed to do? Get up from the altar, go back and make it right. So I'm asking us as a church, are we going to make it right? Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for your patience. Lord, we thank you for your mercy, and Lord, we thank you for your grace. Lord, there's so many times in life, Lord, that we're overwhelmed and then we're overtaken by the flesh. But God, we pray, Lord, we pray that we so ever hide your word in our hearts that we may not sin against you. Lord, and I pray tonight, Lord, if there's anybody that uh, tonight that's sitting here that listens to this, that, that, that has heard this word, Lord, and they've got a grievance with a brother or sister in Christ or a person in the world, Lord, that they just forgive that person. Lord, that they could get set free, that they could move forward. Lord, we pray if somebody later in life, if they some way, they come across this sermon, and Lord, they're listening to it, I pray tonight, Lord, that whatever stands in the way between you and them, God, they could forgive that person that's done them wrong. Lord, that they could be a, a picture of what your son Jesus Christ was. Uh, here on this earth. God, forgive us, guide us, and direct us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.